Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Hi, I'm John Siegley, and I'm joined with Greg Barnes, the beat writer for Inside Carolina, and we have the pleasure of having Nick Kranz joining us from California Golden Blogs. Nick, thanks a lot for coming on, man. Happy to be here. Hope you guys are doing all right. Doing great. So, uh, as you know, Cal and Carolina had the football game coming up on Saturday, and this offseason has been busy for Cal. That's probably putting it lightly. Uh, talk with us a little bit about the coaching change that the Golden Bears have undergone since the end of the 2016 season. Well, so we had been uh, under Sonny Dykes over the last four years, and he kind of peaked about a year ago in uh, Jared Goff's last season with a 7-5 and five year, 8-5 and five if you count the bowl game, and had a, a slight regression last year to 5-7. and seven. But I think that most people are generally of the opinion that he probably would still be around if he hadn't been quite so public about his desire to find another job if somebody was willing to take him. He just wasn't happy in Berkeley for whatever reason. Uh, probably a number of factors, culture, not really being a big fan of his boss and for any number of reasons. But because he was so clearly not committed to Cal, Cal decided to fire him and, and move in another direction. They might have maybe fought a little harder to keep him if he had won some more games. But they actually fired him rather late in the, the coaching carousel process. It was about a month after most other teams had made decisions. And they brought in Justin Wilcox, who has been a longtime defensive coordinator, kind of all over the uh, major conference universe. He's been a coordinator at Wisconsin, Tennessee, USC, Washington, and actually got a, his start at Boise State before coming to Cal for a year to be linebackers coach. So he's kind of familiar with the program. And I think that it was a hire for stability and a hire to fix the defense, which has been pretty bad for, for years now. Didn't, hasn't really had a chance to make much of an impact recruiting-wise. Obviously, we've never seen his team play, so we're not entirely sure what to expect. As a result, I think Cal is a team that's quite a bit uh, an unknown going into the year. You mentioned Justin Wilcox and you know being the defensive coordinator at Wisconsin, obviously bringing a little bit of a different mindset. What have you seen so far just over the summer from Cal that is indicative of maybe a mentality change in the program of how they're going to go about trying to win games? Well, I, I think that he wants a more balanced team. And I don't think it's entirely fair to suggest that Sonny Dykes didn't care about defense, but he was clearly an offense first guy. He didn't really know what it took to build a good defense. And more importantly, he didn't seem to know what it took to hire a defensive coordinator who was going to build a good defense and his offense was not going to make any concessions to his defense. They weren't going to slow it down, try to possess the ball more if the defense needed it. And I think that Wilcox is, is shooting for a more balanced team where the offense supports the defense and the defense supports the offense. You know, obviously, just strategically, they're making a change from a 4-3 defense to a 3-4 defense. And it's a little unclear how well Cal's current personnel is suited to that, but they're not going to let that stop them from running their preferred system. I expect that Cal will be significantly slower on offense. I, I don't think they're going to necessarily uh, a pounded out team the way Wisconsin was with their offensive coordinator higher, but they're not going to be running 90 to 100 plays a game anymore. 
Nick, speaking of the defense, Wilcox has run that 3-4, brought in Tim DeRuiter, former Fresno coach, his, his defensive coordinator. Of course, he ran a 3-4, had some success with it. You mentioned maybe not having the pieces in place. In North Carolina, it's familiar with that. You know, under Vic Coney, ran the 4-2-5, which is really more of a 3-3-5. And then when Gene Chiswick came in, there was a couple years of, of issues there. When you combine that change to a 3-4 with the fact that Cal struggled so much defensively last year, as you said, it looks like there is a lot of improvement to be had, but maybe the pieces aren't there. But then I think also if you go back and kind of look, I mean, Cal started 3-2 and two last year. While the defense wasn't great, they really weren't bad. You have some injuries in the secondary, and things seem to really come off the wheels at that point in time. What's your take on the defense? Is, is the defense destined to be as bad as it was last year or maybe not as bad but not a whole lot better? Or do you think there's room for a significant bump? You know, I'm not talking to elite top 25, but, I mean, at least to respectability this year. It's, it's within the realm of possibility. Uh, you know, the cynics' take would be how much worse could they reasonably get? I think, in a way, the stats are almost flattering Cal's defense last year as bad as they are because they were so bad against the run that teams didn't even need to necessarily pass the ball. They just ran run play after run play and, and kind of slowly marched down the field without a whole lot of resistance. Really, the defining question is, was Cal's problems last year more lack of talent or more inept coaching? And their ability to just get basic run fits right, you know, having linebackers in the right gaps and reading plays was so bad that there's some amount of optimism in me that a competent coaching staff could at least allow them to get those basics right and and reach some basic level of competence. And the reason the talent question is so important is because just about everybody who is a significant contributor is back. So if there was some talent there, then presumably a new coaching staff could get something out of that talent. But if it's just that the last year's defense was untalented, then you've got the same untalented players and nothing is going to change quickly. Who are some guys maybe on defense that, due to the, the heavy stats last year, maybe have gone overlooked and you think can be key pieces of the puzzle this year for Cal? So I would say that James Looney is probably the standout on defense. He's a defensive tackle who will probably play a little more defensive end in the 3-4 this year. He's undersized, but he's one of the faster defensive linemen I've ever seen off the snap. And so if you don't have an offensive lineman ready to match that speed, he can really get by guys pretty quick. And there were a couple games when Cal's defense was you know, uh, relatively successful it was because he was able to exploit those mismatches on the offensive line, create some disruption, get into the backfield, slow another team's offense down. The problem that Cal had was that he was really the only guy on the line doing much of that. And so, you know, teams could just run away from him. So the hope is that there's a little more depth there to support him. I would say that the secondary is not a disaster. They uh, they had some injury issues last year, but there's a, a number of guys in the secondary who I would say, are solid cover players. They just didn't have to be tested a lot because, like I said, Cal's run defense was so bad. But like you know, players like Marlon Franklin, a couple of up-and-coming up cornerbacks should be okay. You know, they're not going to knock your socks off, but they're, they're not liabilities either. The question is whether or not the run defense can be effective such that teams are actually put into passing downs. 
you've both talked about balance between offense and defense. Nick, if you could, you know, we know that last year Cal ran that air raid offense under Dykes. Cal hired Bo Baldwin, who was at Eastern Washington last year, with very good success there at Eastern Washington. Talk a little bit about what you've seen from the offense out of Cal this year. Uh, Ross Bowers was named the starter on Monday. What type of quarterback do you think he is, and what's the system that Cal is going to play around him? Yeah, so Bo Baldwin, I would say, is a um, pragmatic spread coach. And and what I mean by that is you've got your kind of um, spread coaches like your Sonny Dykes and your Mike Leaches, who they are almost slavishly devoted to, to their system where we are going to pass the ball a huge percentage of the time no matter what, we're going to run four verts 40 times a game. It doesn't matter what our personnel is. We're going to make our personnel fit our scheme. Baldwin's a little bit more of a pragmatist where if he can run the ball, he'll run the ball. He's willing to use tight ends. He's more trying to get his team to fit the strengths of his players. If he has a running quarterback, then great. He'll take advantage of that. But if he doesn't, then he'll you know, throw the ball a little bit more, do a little bit less of the zone read. Bowers came in with the reputation of being able to make plays with his legs. I don't think that he's like a guy that you want running the ball 10, 15 times a game, but he, you know, he's not a statue or anything. He can make plays, but maybe more of the improvisational variety. I know they want to bring the tight end back into the offense, but because it hasn't been a position that's been recruited for three, four years, uh, it's going to be a wide receiver heavy offense almost by requirement because that was the biggest strength of the previous coaching staff was recruiting talented wide receivers. And so for this year, at least, they almost have to go you know, three, four wideouts just to, to take advantage of the talent that they have on the roster. You mentioned some of those wideouts. I mean, Demetrius Robertson is a, is a big name, especially in the recruiting ranks. Uh, Melquiz Stovall. Some talented bodies there. and you know, They've got Watson, I guess, at, uh, at running back. So it seems like there's some good pieces in place. I know there's concern about the offensive line. And while Baldwin's system is not necessarily kind of the same tree branch, I guess we would say, of, of that air raid system, it is similar in that you want to get the ball out quick to kind of not get the offensive line into some tough spots. Larry Fedora's system is, is very similar, utilizing a lot of three-step drops. Do you think the skill position players around Bowers will be able to give this this offense a pretty good spark this year? Yeah, I don't think Cal fans have too many concerns about the skill position players other than quarterback. So the, the question is going to be, is the offensive line good enough to give the time and the structure to those players? And is the quarterback going to be able to make the reads and the throws to, to those players? The, the wide receiver depth and, and level of talent is pretty good considering you know the, the level that Cal typically recruits. Um, but the offensive line has three players who functionally haven't seen a snap yet in their careers, and along with a couple of players who you know, weren't huge contributors. So it's almost a complete unknown. There's potentially some room for optimism because they hired a really excellent offensive line coach who had been with Oregon and part of the Oregon's kind of offensive ascendancy in the Pac-10 and 12 over the last decade or so, and Steve Greatwood. But you know, it's a little unclear how much progress one coach can make in one offseason. To that point, 
you, you mentioned kind of the unknowns. And when you really, from an outside perspective, when you dive into the, the Cal Bears, you see some positive things. You see Baldwin and what he's done in Eastern Washington. Uh, you see the defensive minds and Wilcox and, and DeRuiter. And there seems like there's enough potential there to maybe get to a bowl game this year. But you can also see how it could just not come together quite yet and this team could, could have a losing record again. From the inside, do you have any better feel? I mean, do you think do you think you have a handle on what this team can be or are you going to have to watch them play a couple games? I'll definitely have to watch them play. I'm on record as predicting a 4-8 and eight season with a number of close losses on the, the concept that the defense was just so bad last year that there's a limit to how much that can change in one year. And because there's enough turnover on offense that there has to be an inevitable decline there. And then you, when you factor in Cal's rather brutal schedule, it's really hard to see how they can squeeze out six wins and get to a bowl game. Having said that, the last two, three years, I felt you know, it hadn't been very hard to predict Cal's final record because they came in, you knew what you had. This year, there's a ton of uncertainty, so it wouldn't shock me if they did worse than 4-8, and eight, but you know, it wouldn't also shock me if they managed to pull off, say, a 7-5 and five year. Listen to what you've said about Cal and what they're trying to do on offense and defense. Obviously, Carolina fans almost sounds like deja vu with what we hear out of Fedora and what he tries to do as well. What sort of matchups are you looking to most in this game? Let's start with the Carolina offense against the Cal defense. What are some specific maybe player matchups that you're going to be keeping the closest eye on on Saturday? Well, I think one thing that I'm going to be looking at is and I, it's my understanding that Carolina has replacing a lot of talent on offense in, in, in a way similar to Cal, but that there are a couple of uh, wide receiver threats that, that Cal's uh, defense is going to have to look out for. And I think the biggest question is, can Cal's defense cornerbacks, can they get away with, with single coverage on some of those wide receivers so that Cal can try to put more guys in the box knowing that our run defense struggled so badly last year and we're breaking in a new front seven formation, I think that they're going to want to cheat guys into the box to try to stop the run. Are Cal's cornerbacks good enough to cover Carolina's wide receivers one-on-one outside? I, I'm skeptical of that, but I think it might be necessary for Cal to slow down their offense. And then switching it around, what about the Cal offense versus the North Carolina defense? And so I, Carolina, I know, is, is much more veteran on defense, lots of returning starters. To me, from, just from a Cal perspective, almost irrespective of the opponent, I feel like they're going to want to run the ball because they have veteran running backs and they're not really, you know, you've got a quarterback who's going to make his first pass in his career as a sophomore playing in front of an offensive line where we just don't know how well they're going to pass protect. I think that Cal is really going to want to establish the run early. Really, it, it, everything is going to come down to can Cal's completely rebuilt offensive line stand up to what is a pretty veteran returning front seven for North Carolina. And then this early game for Cal, I believe the kickoff time would be at about 9.20 a.m. Pacific time, yep. what they're used to. Uh, how do you think that's going to impact the team? 
You know, it, it's tough to say. Cal has played some East Coast games over the last decade. Uh, in fact, it's been a decade since they won a game on the East Coast. Some people tend to blame that on time change. I just kind of wonder if it's not because traveling period is hard and Cal is not like Cal has been a dominant team over the last decade anyway. You know, we're liable to lose road games anywhere when you add the three hours of travel and the airplane flight. But I don't think that the time difference is going to make a huge deal beyond the inherent difficulty of winning a road game against a solid team. You know, the coaches have given the usual chatter about early practices this week and changing body clocks and all that. So, you know, I, I guess that they're doing what little they can, but I see that as a relatively minor factor compared to all of the other larger concerns facing a team that's um, lost a lot of talent coming off of a five and seven season and a coaching change. Yeah. And especially, I mean, once the bodies start kind of hitting each other on the field, the adrenaline will start pumping, you know, any sort of morning fatigue will probably be worn off pretty quick, I'd say. We'll add, though, that it wouldn't shock me if humid, hot weather might hurt Cal more than the start time. We're blessed in Berkeley with almost uniformly never humid weather and generally pretty cool. So that's something that I could imagine. I, it was a, it was a, something mentioned when Cal played at Maryland a number of years back, and it wouldn't shock me if that bothered the team. They're actually going to get a break on, on Saturday, Nick, because the forecast right now is calling for upper 70s with a 30% chance of rain. So we thought maybe it was going to be a, a low 90s game, which North Carolina typically has, it seems like, in September. But in terms of weather, I think Cal definitely is catching a break this weekend. So to go ahead and uh, start wrapping this one up, let's go ahead and get some predictions from you guys. Greg, I'll let you go first on this one. Nick's the guest. He can have the final say. Uh, what do you think for Saturday? Who knows, John? Uh, I think um, I think when you look at North Carolina, there's a lot of question marks on offense, but we know what they have defensively. And when you look at Cal, due to the coaching staff shakeup, you really don't know what they're going to be able to produce on either side. And so I think that gives North Carolina the advantage. That's why North Carolina is favored. I think it's going to be a sloppy game. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of miscues on both sides. But I do think North Carolina's defense has the advantage. It is a road game for Cal. Uh, so I think North Carolina probably wins this one. I'll say 27-13. Nick, what about you, man? Uh, you don't have to give a score if you want, but which way do you see this one breaking? So the Vegas has North Carolina somewhere around 10, 11-point favorites. And I think that's maybe a little wider than I would put just considering there's so much unknown about both teams that it seems like a big spread. But I think that North Carolina would be favorites on a neutral field just because their program is significantly more stable. They've probably been recruiting a little bit better than Cal. So when you add the home field advantage, there's a, a team that's the clear favorite. You know, put me down for a final score somewhere around the lines of 31 to 23. Wouldn't surprise me if North Carolina has kind of a, a safe second-half lead. Cal tacks on a touchdown at the end to make it look a little bit better. Something like that. Nick, really appreciate you coming on the pod. Again, if anyone wants to read up a little bit more about Cal, go on the California Golden Blogs website. Nick's one of the writers there. Just want to say again, thanks from Inside Carolina. Hope that you have a good one. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. And Greg, thank you again for joining us as always, man. Thanks, John. 
Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.